Welcome to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm Scott Gerard. Joining me as always, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. We are leading up into Christmas this week. Hope everyone has done all their shopping, got all that stuff taken care of, because uh, you're running out of time. And there's basically about to be a, a huge cold front moving through. No one's going to go anywhere. Uh, just kidding. I uh, hope you guys are doing well. It's good to record with y'all again. Um, there's a... Still another two weeks before LSU game day, but, you know, some still news trickling out here and there, as we expect it to be, um, as the recruiting period heats up. we got an early signing day coming up. Texas has had some some movement on that front, but that's uh, pretty much it. Then you know, a couple of LSU basketball wins. Happy to dive into all that for you folks, as usual. Before we do, check in with Tommy and Daniel, see how y'all are doing. Um, I don't know, I imagine y'all will probably both be in Louisiana by the end of the week if you're not already. Uh, I'll be uh, holding it down here in Atlanta. It's going to get... It's going to get... Know, it's gonna be, yeah. Cold. Snow. It's, already, it's already freaking cold right now. Yeah. How you doing otherwise? Uh, I mean, doing good. Lead up to Christmas, and so that's exciting. And, you know, LSU news, early signing day, maybe Christmas will come early. Yeah. Um. But uh, ex- excited to be talking uh, talking football with y'all today. Yeah, had a good weekend, second to last pod of the year. Um, I guess that means there's been, what, 50 in the books this year, but it's, it's been a good one. And yeah, we got this early signing day to, to look forward to, as well as some more bowl games that's in, in full swing at this point. And so, yeah, the Christmas cheer is spreading, and I'm not sure it'll be a white Christmas in Louisiana in terms of snow, but it, yeah, at least it'll be a bit frigid. So it'll be a cold um, Christmas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So stay inside, bundle up, and and watch some football, but uh, or listen to the Talking Six podcast, which we're happy to provide here. <laughs> or maybe That'll just better. warm you up from the inside, right there. It's like a nice bowl of gumbo. Um, actually, had some this weekend at this. Uh, it it builds itself as like a Cajun spot around here. It's you know it's got all the usual stuff uh cajun fair saints mm. lq stuff mardi gras stuff all over uh had the gumbo just to try it out you know always like to see what people what they think gumbo is but is i think the executive chefs from uh louisiana but it, it was more of a tomato based mm. don't, you don't usually go for those not really a big fan but i like this one. like it was very tomato forward uh, it just, it had chunks of tomato in it, the okra, you know, like my family, we, we I never really saw that stuff. Uh, my grandma was like super French Creole. So I, I don't know. I never really saw the tomato and the okra in our, in that stuff. So I didn't grow up with it. You know, I just grew with like the, the roux and, and all that. Yeah. Kicking, falling off the bone. So I, uh, I, when I come across like the tomato base, I'm like, mm, you know, it's just super tomatoey. This one was mm-hmm. just the right amount, I would say. Hmm. But it was like, you know, the the gumbo I'm used to. It's like a a big ball, like a perfect ball of rice, just inside gumbo. This was just all mixed up like jambalaya. Uh, that's, that's the other thing too. Interesting. Yeah, no discovery. But anyway, hmm. uh, enough about my gumbo experience. <laughs> um, just that's what happens it. in the lull in the lull between before a bowl game. We're just we talking <laughs> about food, right? Right. So. Um, a lot of, a lot of news coming out of, uh, you know, Baton Rouge, as far as, uh, recruiting transfer portal coming in. I don't think anyone's really declared to leave since we last spoke, although we know where some people are going, but I think, uh, the biggest news of the, well, of the week since we recorded was LSU 
did sign a four-star defensive back. Uh, it was a JV and Toviano out of Texas. Uh, Tigers definitely had a need there. And we also signed one out of the recruiting, uh, well, out of the transfer portal, uh, uh, Aaron Anderson out of Alabama. So that itself is, you know, would, would be news, but it's also uh, one of the recruits that, you know, that left Louisiana. And everyone seems to make a big deal about it, but I, I don't know. It's like, I don't know if you can ever keep those types of prospects 100% in Louisiana. And I don't know if it always is 100% to do with, you know, Louisiana and what they're offering this person. Offering as in like, hey, this is how, you know, whatever they're selling them on. Um, but I, I don't know. I think it's good to get him back. He's, you know, Brian Kelly's made a point to get Louisiana kids back that maybe were overlooked or they just we couldn't get the first go around. He didn't really play at Alabama. He didn't really court any stats. He was hurt, but he's back now. So, you know, just looking at those two, Tommy, how do you feel, man? Is that uh, that's that's kind of what we needed? That's kind of what we we got. Uh, how, how do you feel about these two guys? Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm encouraged. I mean, if you remember what two years ago or a year, two years ago, I think Aaron Anderson was was. Uh, I mean, he was this highly sought after prospect. I remember the big the battle over Aaron. Oh man, we I hope we get Aaron Anderson. Well, he, he was committed. Thing. He was committed. Yeah, to I was about to say, for a he while. flipped, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like we like yeah. we were like really wanted him, and then he flipped, and it was bad. Now it was about the same. It was what it was him and Shaz Preston. Didn't we want one of them? Yeah, and then they and we both got flipped Alabama. Yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, it, it's good. You know, it's it's always weird because Alabama has a lot of the guys who you know, they don't end up playing and then they transfer. And is that because they, they couldn't make it? Or is it just that there's just so much talent there that, you know, they, and they want to play now, you know, they, they don't see it. He doesn't see a way that he's going to play tomorrow next, next year. He'll play, but he, you know, and he wants to get on the field as soon as possible. I don't know. Um, I think that's good for us. And I think that uh, with Toviano, I mean, that's a, that's another, uh, a, a high rated uh, uh, high school prospect that, um, in a position of need, you know, and the, as a defensive back, um, someone that we've, I think, it, I think really what it just shows is that we've, uh, we can still recruit, you know, at the highest levels. Um, and then, you know, last year's kind of swoop, uh, Brian Kelly swooping in and getting people like Harold Perkins was not really a one-off, you know, he's able to recruit in the sec. He's able to recruit for LSU, at LSU. He's able to recruit outside of Louisiana because, uh, you know, he's uh, Toby Otto's from Texas, like you said. So, um, I mean, two good things. I, I'm ready to see how this class shakes out when when the entire early signing period is over, and we can really see like where we stack up. But um, I mean, I don't think there's any room to be concerned right now. Yeah, I agree. There's two big pickups, and I think Toviano, especially. With last week, we were looking at the depth chart or the week before kind of who's declaring for the draft and transferring away. And the defensive back position is uh, a pretty glaring weakness that we saw. And so he'll, I don't know if he'll play as a true freshman, but he'll definitely get a chance to compete for a spot at least. And then we'll have opportunities down the line. And Aaron Anderson, yeah, we we wanted him badly before and now he's back. So um, it shows that for a, a lot of kids from LSU or from Louisiana, excuse me, LSU is kind of the dream school and if it doesn't work out at alabama or the fall a lot of times <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll take you with open arms um 
And so, so hopefully that continues to spread. We filled up the the full class of 25, but I think we can actually go a little bit over that because I th- we're under the 85 uh, yeah. scholarship athletes uh, due to transferring out. So that'll be a big story going into uh, this early signing day and in two days time is if we can actually lock in all these guys and avoid any big flips, which as far as I'm aware, there's not a whole lot on the radar in terms of rumors like of people dropping out, which had been a a problem the the last couple of years of the O regime, to be honest. There was always like three guys that flipped to A&M or Alabama or, or Florida or wherever. So hopefully, I mean, we got 25 and then we got one more big target in Desmond Ricks um, out of IMG in Florida, who's like the number two corner in the country. So that would double down on that. He's pretty favored to LSU at this point. He was actually um, in the 2024 class, but reclassified up a year. Uh, so uh, a young raw athlete, but um, could definitely develop under um, Brian Kelly and his staff. So it'll be an exciting day. And I think we have the number four overall rated class at this point. So if we bring that home, I would say that's a success in what would be Brian Kelly's first full year um, on the job and on the recruiting trail. So looking forward to that. And then hopefully we, uh, we bring you good tidings on the results next week. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have like a nice post uh, Christmas gift for you. uh, Maybe on boxing day. But um, in addition to what you just said, uh, Daniel, it was good to get these guys. And it was interesting because if this would have happened like two or three years ago, you'd have thought you could maybe understand it, right? Like you had Alabama had Jerry Judy, they had Devonta Smith and, you know, a couple other, Mechie, a couple other guys that are you know, thriving in the NFL right now. But like this seemed like a down year for Alabama at least is what they were able to do. That's and a good point. I, don't know. I didn't really think about that. Yeah, it's just like the, the the wide receivers. I don't know. I mean, Bryce Young still Bryce Young. It's just it just they didn't look like the same team, right? So, um, and like he still was. I don't know. Maybe it's because he was injured. It, it could fall well, all on that. But you I know, know, I think I think the other thing, and you're onto something, Scott. Is this year's of the past for for a guy like Aaron Anderson? Who cares? Like this year, Bryant Bryce Young great i mean i think he's had a really good season i think their offense has been it's not bryce young's fault you know what i mean but who's he who's gonna be throwing to him next year if he was to stay mm. i mean from what we've yeah. seen from milro I, I wouldn't say he's you know he's not bryce young there were a lot of people talking about uh bama entering the portal and trying to pick up a, a plug-and-play you know pocket passer um so maybe that's maybe you know i think that the the people who would know this better than anyone are the wide receivers in that uh it, it, you know in, in that locker room so you know he might be saying look i don't even know if i'm gonna i don't even know if i'm gonna start and if i do i don't even know if i'm gonna have a, a quarterback throw it to me yeah there's that uh but yeah great pickup and yeah you mentioned uh desmond ricks it's it's he, he he was on campus this week and you know for all intents and purposes he had a good visit he took a picture in full uniform at the top of Tiger stadium, like this all white with the purple helmet, which I don't even think we've seen yet. So I don't know. Maybe he's, maybe he's shown us something we don't want to even know about yet that we could see this fall, uh, that uniform. And maybe, I don't know him, him saying he wants to be in it. So that, that would be great. And it's, it's just so weird to me. They're not related, but he would essentially have the same name and follow the same path as, is Eli Rich, right? Coming out of IMG, uh, coming yeah. to LSU. Not not exactly, you know, the same high school. Like, he didn't come from California to go IMG, I don't think. But 
still, you know, it's just, it's interesting, but no, not related. Cornerback uh, Ricks from Cal, from ING. Yeah. 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 Uh, but also, um, interestingly enough, it's just, it's just, it seems like it's, it's not going to go anytime soon like this LSU Notre Dame thing. Cause as it stands, we are right above them in recruiting. You know, it's like we've caught up with a vengeance over the last, the course of since Brian Kelly was named the coach. But um, yeah, man, I just, I don't know. It's going to come between us and them. And, and I'll, I think down the line, are they recruiting in a game, bowl game, whatever. Uh, but interesting. Keep an eye on that. Uh, but, you know, of course we, we did. Uh, well, actually we only lost, I think one since we last recorded to the portal. That was uh freshman cornerback, Jalen Davis. It's transferring out. I don't know. You know, it's, um, I don't know what he was told. I don't, I don't even think he had any. No, I think he did have some. Do you guys know if he had any action? I don't think. He I don't did. think so. Oh, I never heard of this guy, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, it's just that was that was just it, it happened. So I just thought it would be worth mentioning. But uh, other than that, team is still pretty much intact. Uh, so I saw that Jack Besh is going to TCU. Yeah, which, he said that purple's <laughs> in my blood or something yeah, like yeah. that. Uh, he's just following that John Drs path um, I, I forget who there's somebody wasn't somebody there was a coach over there that's why john diarst went there after after he left lsu i don't know if he's still there but anyway um good luck to him you know oh you mean diarst was a coach there no no G, D, diarst went to tcu but that's because i thought he had a connection like one of our previous coaches went there and then he transferred there oh okay yeah 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 but anyway um but bringing it back around, LSU's sitting good. I don't know if you guys saw this, but um, Brody Miller had a really good article. It was in the Atlantic just about like this year since Brian Kelly took, took over. And just he, he interviewed, I think it was five or six uh, coaches in Louisiana, high school coaches. Didn't name names. He just listed who they, like where they were. Two out of uh, New Orleans, one out of northern Louisiana, somebody else. And just asked them, you know, the differences. Uh, everyone loved O. That was that was known. Uh, they said he was different. You know, O was a guy that could connect. He would like show up to practice and like tackle recruits or something just to stand out. Yeah, it's o, o is O, and that's why he was great for Louisiana. But you know, they talked about some other stuff like, well, that's you know, there's some other stuff like why the program kind of slipped away from him with the discipline stuff and other things. Uh, but they said that Brian Kelly was pretty professional you know they didn't really know if he was going to be able to connect but he you know more or less he has been yeah he's he's very you know systematic he's he doesn't just pop in and go hey i'm brian kelly where's my recruit and leave he like talks to the coaches he talks to the teachers in the lounge he talks to the high school admin so he's doing his homework he's he's not just you know showing up and grandstanding i think he's you know i think he's uh letting it be known to people he's he's serious and i think he's had a good response with the coaches according to this particular article and it's really interesting because they talked about uh uh Tulane as well and how like what they're able to do with who they do have i mean look at them you know they're playing in the cotton ball they have 11 wins so i gave a little bit more in depth about uh you know just recruiting in general in louisiana but it was an interesting insight into to lsu recruiting from the transition of the o era into the bk Area. So if you the haven't BK checked that out, 
Yeah, yeah. I would uh, I would check that out if you have it. Burger King era. <laughs> yeah, but I mean it's 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 Brian Kelly. It's like people thought he wasn't gonna be a fit, but it's yeah, he's not gonna be Coach O. We we didn't really expect him to be. You know, we kind of wanted something other than O because we already had him, right? So I, I I think he's he's fitting in well to those that are asking. I mean, I think and I think you're right. I think like the 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 keyword with um uh the keyword with Brian Kelly is, is professionalism and, you know, and kind of buttoned up like very methodical in everything. So yeah. like you said, he's going to the teachers, he's going to the, to the admin. He wants to know about discipline. He wants to, you know, the, the big question yeah. with the transfer stuff has been, Oh, is he going to go after this guy or that guy? And there've been a lot of people who have said, uh, yeah, you can count, you know, this guy might be a five-star or a former five-star, but we're not going after him. Cause he's had, tr- he's had dis- discipline issues. And that's just not something Brian Kelly's interested in and really dealing with. Even even if it's all sorted out, he's like, you know what? Let's we'll, we'll focus our energy on something else. Yeah. So I don't know if that's you know it's is it good? Is it good? Bad? Is it you know? Is it worth it or not? I don't know, but I think it's an interesting um, approach that Brian Kelly's brought. Definitely. They also talked really well about um, Frank Wilson and, and Joe Sloan. Uh, both obviously for their, you know, recruiting prowess in Louisiana. But I think uh, Frank Wilson is just, you know, that guy knows everybody in Louisiana. He's uh, he's like a player's coach. Joe Sloan is just, they say the guy's relentless. Like he'll text somebody every day. <laughs> you on board? You're on board? Okay, cool. Talk to you tomorrow. Um, <laughs> and plus, you know, his, his like, uh, just his, his uh, propensity to work with, with quarterbacks specifically, you know, um, I don't know. I mean, there's been some quarterbacks that have left Louisiana recently, you know, they went to, uh, I don't know, Alabama or like, I remember the time where Dak Prescott came out of nowhere at Mississippi state. And we're like, wait, this kid came from Louisiana. How did we well, miss him? You know, because, because Les Miles wanted to be a tight end. Right. That's right. Why, like they recruited. They, he didn't. He refused to let him play quarterback at LSU. Look at him now. He's probably you know going to the NFC Championship. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Joe Sloan would have let that happen. <laughs> so anyway, there was all of that. Um, any other recruiting thing that you saw that I maybe didn't mention? Um, I don't think so. There was a few big kind of uh flips like Dante Moore is one of the top rated quarterbacks who flipped from Oregon to UCLA, which is pretty surprising. I guess UCLA had a, an up year this year, but he's now their like highest rated recruit in the modern era. Um, so, and, and Bo Nix subsequently said he was staying for another year. So the Bo yeah. Nix reign of terror continues in college football. <laughs> Dang Bo Nix is, this is his sixth year, isn't it? It's at least the fifth year. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Dude, get, you know what I saw this weekend? Lindsey Scott, Lindsey Scott, he was, he was a he was a quarterback at LSU. Lindsey Scott Jr., I think, more specifically. Uh, uh, Les Miles brought him to LSU. He like I think he just finished his last year of eligibility. He ended up at Incarnate Word, but they were playing against South Dakota State for like the, the at one of the FCFs. Oh, I don't wow. know if it was the semifinal or the final, but like this guy keeps resurfacing. Like he went from <laughs> LSU to I think Missouri to to La Tech or to some, like somewhere else. And then I think incarnate word, but you mentioned fifth year of eligibility. I'm like, Lindsey Scott is just maxing it out. Good for him. Like he ended up playing almost for, if not a title, he almost played for a title. Yeah. But I think I saw well, something. There was some, some kid who got like eight years of eligibility now. Uh, that's what I was going to say. I was reading this article. It was a tight end from Oregon who 
he was granted his ninth year of eligibility and he was like i don't know if i can come back uh for my ninth year he's already got his regular degree and his master's he's like they have no more courses to teach me like i guess he can't do phd studies at the same time and i guess there's there's some minimum requirement of uh like classes you have to take to be like eligible and i know he's got a couple medical red shirts in there plus fifth year plus covid so it it adds up but it's like this man's about to be mid-30s playing college football i guess if that's what you you enjoy they're gonna be paying him to learn his doctorate while he's still playing i mean that's crazy it's Uh, like the old uh the old espnu slogan never graduate remember that (laughs) (laughs) oh that's funny uh, but anyway, um, yeah, it's just it's about to get even more crazy, I think, with the recruiting and, and the NIL. Um, I did want to mention uh, this just because it's you know it kind of pertains to what we're talking about, but it's also a follow up story from last week because we were talking about Mike Leach uh, and he unfortunately passed away, I think, uh, the day after we recorded. So our condolences to him and uh, his family, Mississippi State family and, and all his players, because, uh, you know, they're. You know, they got to continue on. They got another game to prepare for. But it was some other news story that came out of that that I thought was pretty pretty sad, you know, with the transfer portal being in high gear and everything. It's like supposedly there – I don't know. There was some reporter that said that there was – he was hearing stories of coaches reaching out to Mississippi State players trying to urge them to transfer like through, you know, some third party. You Before know? he – like while he was like – Dying? No, after he passes, like, oh. all right, hey, your coach is gone now. Um, what do you think about uh, coming join us? I mean, college football will stop at nothing for success. Oh, I tell you what, man, I uh, he he said, yeah, I think he's going to dox him if he finds out who it is, and I don't know, maybe he should. I, I don't know. I just that's that's pretty scummy. You know, if yeah. the player reaches out to you, obviously you can say, well, yeah, yeah, sure, man. Sorry, sorry to hear about your coach, but yeah, we could see where you fit in but instead of it, it's like hey yeah sorry about your coach but uh what does that mean for you <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey i know i know you were a, a slot receiver and that was really instrumental in leach's offense but what do you think about the scheme now <laughs> right right exactly oh man um but anyway just thought it was worth mentioning plus you know put put a uh, just follow up on that story uh it's going to be a interesting without Mike Leach you know the guy was just incredible incredible for what he did for the game he was just a I don't know you could say an oddball but I think in a ways he was a genius like he just like he passed the he went to law school at Pepperdine passed passed the bar and then it's like well he was talking with his wife and he what did he say he said uh well I can make good money and have a good career and you'll never see me or I could you know, coach football and be happy. She said, well, I'd, I'd rather see you be happy. So that's the, that's the path he chose. Well, didn't he not even play football? I don't think he played. That's, I think that's right. Yeah. yeah I think, I think he just really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, he just studied it. Football yeah. guy. Yeah. It, I mean, no, he's, he's great. I mean, I, I can't believe, I can't, I mean, it was very, very sad turn of events. Yeah. Supposedly he had pneumonia throughout the whole season, I think. And just kind of like went, you know, went through it to try and keep the, uh, you know, keep, keep up. But, um, yeah. Oh, that's sad. Um, but having said that, uh, there were some, uh, some bowl games this weekend. 
I don't know if any really were that great. There was one kind of good come from behind uh, bowl game, but other than that, kind of uneventful. I think all the the craziness of football came from the NFL this weekend, but um, otherwise, you know, the bowl games kind of kind of straightforward. Uh, I, although I will say this, I did not expect Florida to just get drubbed thirty to three. Um, that was I don't know. I, I that was that was surprising to me. Right. Like, is it I know Billy Napier wasn't on. He didn't really have Anthony Richardson there, but uh, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's like if you're a Gator fan, would you be excited about next season? That's a pretty tough way to end your year losing yeah. 30 to three against Oregon State. And I mean, Oregon State, they had a better year than this year, but they're not exactly the Titans of college football going against Florida, who has pretty good recruiting classes. Uh, a lot more clout on the national stage. And then you can only put up three points in the Las Vegas bowl. I mean, come on. Um, and this was Billy Napier who uh, a lot of people, myself included, admitted, admittedly. Yeah. Like it was like, we should LSU need to go after this guy. Um, and then we were mad when he, he left for Florida instead. But so I guess things might've worked out pretty well there. Uh, so that was tough to see. Uh, I saw that, um, I didn't watch this, but in the Lending Tree Bowl, Frank Gore Jr. set the all-time record for rushing yards in one game. I think it was 329. Yeah, 329 for Southern Miss, which is pretty wild. Um, wish Frank Gore Sr. was still around. Him and his son could be a back backfield duo. Yeah, uh, I mean, he, he didn't miss it by much. I think Frank Gore played like until like 20. Yeah, he, he was still going. Like he was just bouncing around kind of a journeyman. Uh, and he's up there all time and number of yards gained. But yeah, so I mean, his son might be a, a future NFL back. The only game I really watched uh, a fair amount was SMU versus BYU uh, mm-hmm. in the, the New Mexico Bowl. It actually turned out to be a pretty good game. Uh, BYU holding off the, the ponies at the end. Uh, so that was exciting. And then it's not really too much uh, big time coming up here on, on Thursday, Baylor versus air force. That could be pretty good. And then for the hometown people, the independence bowl in Shreveport uh, on Friday is UL versus Houston. So um, we'll see if anybody shows out for that weather going to be probably uh, pretty cold in um, Rigid. the old bowl. Oh, yes. bowl. bowl. Wait, who's, who's sponsoring that independence bowl at this point? We it know. is the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl, whoever that is. Huh. It was the, it was the Duck Commander Bowl for like a minute, and then it was like it was, a Walk-Ons Bowl. Yeah, it was, it's been Advocare, Walk-Ons, Duck Commander. Uh, I think didn't CenturyLink have it for a a, week, a year? Yeah, it's so weird. They, I mean, they 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 switch. They don't do like long-term contracts. They do like one year by year. I guess Shreveport, Louisiana, isn't exactly the biggest. Uh, market out there i mean that independence no. bowl has been there for years though as far as that's that, true i mean it's you know it's been an institution almost <laughs> I, I remember back in the day that was uh i think one of the first you know when you really start when i was starting to follow lsu it was in the independence bowl i think against like michigan state or something you can google that one and see when that was but i think you know it's back in the 90s um, it's when they were slowly starting to get back out of the doldrums of the SEC, starting to worry they worked their way back up to being a you know a program that could do something. Was that a Saban um, coach? Michigan State? No, Scott's right. LSU beat Michigan State 45-26 in 95 under Jerry DiNardo in the Independence Jerry Bowl. Jerry DiNardo. 
then they right. played in the Independence Bowl again two years later, also under Donardo in his last year. Um, actually, no, not his last year, but uh, they beat Notre Dame 27 to nine. So imagine like now LSU versus Notre Dame in the Independence Bowl. Like, I think it's fallen a little bit from that grace, yeah. sadly. But either that yeah. or maybe maybe that shows where LSU and Notre Dame were in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I wonder, was that was Saban on that on that Michigan State staff at that point? Uh, 95, maybe not, because he didn't get to LSU until what? Yeah, that was that was Nick Saban's first year at Michigan State was ninety five. Wow, Michigan State went six five and one. They tied a game. Circle. How do they tie? That's crazy. Oh man, Um, anything else bowl wise that you guys saw? I don't know. um, I thought the the UTSA uh, game. I forget who they had. Uh, Against Troy. 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 Yeah, they were up 12, 12 zip, and then Troy just came back on the second half. It was like just a weekend of comebacks for football. Um, fortunately, not for Florida. But anywho, um, I don't know. Uh, there, LSU had a couple basketball games I did want to mention, just to get that out of the way. Nothing spectacular, folks. I'm just going to put that out there right now. Uh, we beat UNC, though. Uh, UNC Central, that is. <laughs> 67 to 57 and then we beat uh i think this is also out of north carolina it is i had a, actually I had a buddy that went there for a different sport but uh we beat winthrop in basketball 89 to 81 oh. yeah no other news other than just you know reporting the scores because you know it's not that time of year yet <laughs> who are they who are they uh just you know tigers got wins they basically should have and now they're 10 and 1 yay Good for them. Other than that, I don't know. Uh, like I said, all the craziness that I saw in, in games this weekend, uh, it's with the pros. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys w- were interested in the World Cup at all. That was kind of crazy. The final was just on how it went down. But NFL this weekend was just uh, nuts, especially with the, uh, you know, the Colts, uh, the Colts Vikings game. Just something that you just, you have to wonder is this rigged? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the script writers have been getting paid extra this year. Uh, oh, there's that. Then there was the the Giants game where the call, you know, there was like a, a defensive pass interference or not in the end zone. Um, did you see that one? No, I it was like the last one. play of the game. The last play of the game, Washington had to had to get it, and the guy like he like had, you could see his arms. The Giants player wrapped around the Commanders guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> Nothing. Well, and like, and then I don't know if you saw the. I was at the Saints game, oh. and like, Tyron Matthew, the Tyron Matthews, not like they they gave him a terrible uh, pass yeah. interference. Well, yeah, you, you kind of expect that with the Saints, though. Kind well, of, right. But then there was the, yeah. But uh, then the the so you had the thirty three point come from behind win. Then you had the Patriots and Raiders game where it just. It was about to go into overtime, and all the Patriots had to do was basically just kneel. They were trying to win the game on a lateral miracle. End up lateraling to the Raiders, and they just boop, run it in. That that was amazing. And there was some dude. I think he put down thirty one thousand on a five game parlay. Ooh, yeah, he got he won like two point something million because of that. The way that game ended. That's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. But I mean, 
you got thirty-one grand to blow on on, on that. a parlay on a five on a five-game parlay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. that's. I'm guessing he's a professional. Yeah, probably. Um, oh yeah. By the way, LSU baseball did sign the um, the top recruits, not just in the you know state of Louisiana. That's no, they signed. Um, the top recruit in the whole country, although, you know, usually if that's the case, uh, they're probably going to the MLB because this guy is like the top recruit in the country, Connor Griffin. Yeah. Um, and typically, what what is it, like the first – typically the first round, kids are going to sign, right, just because of the signing deals or whatever's involved. I and mean, you're looking at millions of dollars. Yeah. So like first and like second cash. round? I mean, I think I think that I mean, like Dylan Cruz. I mean, he was a he was a first round pick, right? Or at least a second round, and and could he, have been, I think. Yeah, could, yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. Like he could have been, um, and he you know chose to stay. So it's not um, un, uh, it's not impossible. But yeah, you you think that mo- you know it's like we we get it happens like every every year. It's like you get LSU gets these great. Oh man, look, we've got the best players of the whole country, and like only about half of them are going to stick. Yeah. Well, we had Bryce Terrain a couple or two, three years ago. He was like, he could have been the next Alex Bregman or better, but yeah, he, he went to the pros. I think he was like number six or something, but yeah, baseball I mean, prospects, baseball prospects can be kind of finicky too. Like just cause you dominate in high school. Like there's a lot of people who, who bust out or like pan out in the minors and that's, well, I guess well, college is a different game than the pros, but it's always mm-hmm. just kind of a crapshoot, which is why they have, 40 rounds at the draft well that and that's why that's why it's so that's why it's so hard to, to convince a uh that's why it's so i guess an easy decision for them to take the money now yeah because it's like you know it's gonna happen there's you know in football it's kind of there's kind of well one you have to uh go you know you have to do something but also it, it seems like there's a lot more of a a straight line trajectory of like okay like if you're good in high school and you're good enough to play division one and then if you're good enough to play division one, if you play in division one and, and do well, you're probably going to go to the NFL and you will to make a, you know, play for a couple of years and make some money. But in baseball, like you said, Daniel, I mean, it could be you're lighting the world on fire. You could go to college and get cold for three years. And, and by that point, the whole league has moved on. So, um, I mean, I understand why a lot of them take the money while they have the opportunity, but, uh, Mm-hmm. It, it's like you know a little bit of fool's gold for LSU when uh when we see all these great players. Yeah, and I I'll admit that I'm not the biggest like I don't follow baseball as much as like the average baseball fan. You know, I just follow it for LSU. I live in Atlanta. I've got plenty of access to Braves info, but like most of these stars are coming from the college teams or you know some other country. It's like the guys like the only one I can think of that came out in high school and like made a name for himself and stayed at the top was Bryce Harper. Trout. There may have been others, but like I, like Mike Trout. Mike Trout. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's like, it's just, it's very few and far between kind of like a number one pick in, in the NBA or the NFL. Right. Unless, you know, it's unless you are like the number one top of all top. I mean, like, you know, like you said, like Bryce Harper, Mike Trout. Um, uh, uh, I mean, Gosh, uh, what's everyone Judge, else? Like Aaron Judge, yeah, Aaron you Judge. know, like yeah. some of the, some of these real fra- like a real franchise player. 
um, American. I mean, so it's totally different if you're from out from another country. They even have a, a completely different way they draft and the way they you know do free agency and everything. But yeah, you know, unless you're a franchise, real franchise player, um, it, it pretty much always benefits you to go to college mm-hmm. um, just to get you know to, to get a little bit more polish. Um, but I also, I, like I said, I understand with the with anything can happen with the risk of playing you know, hundreds or, you know, however many games a year, um, if you throw your arm out in college by accident, it could be everything. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to, when in baseball where the, all the money's guaranteed as opposed to football where, you know, really not, nothing's guaranteed, I guess, you know, as far as like the contracts go, when, when, when you sign a baseball contract and it says $5 million, you will get $5 million. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't, blame people who who you know take the money right right uh so this kind of dovetails nicely into what i was going to bring up next what about the guys that are not in the nfl yet but they're sitting out that last bowl game you know there's been a lot of talk about it recent years lsu's had their share of it you know i remember uh, Leonard Fournette sitting out the bowl game. And I was like, oh, man. We he kind of he kind of pioneered that in a way. He was yeah. like the first big one to like sit out. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I definitely get it. But, you know, at the same time, it's like it, if, if LSU was playing for anything legitimate, that I don't think that's that would have been the case, right? Like uh, Georgia's probably not going to have anybody opting out for, for their playoff run. So it's just, it's just different. But um, I bring it up for a couple different reasons. Uh, one's because – uh, LSU has has had two opt-outs, uh, B.J. Ojolari and uh, Mekhi Wingo. So it will be without them for the bowl game, which sucks because uh, they were, you know, just a big part of that, the, all the, the good defense that we had had shown this year. But um, also LSU is going to be facing Purdue without their quarterback. I think their starting quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, he is – declaring for the NFL and he's uh he's opted out of the bowl game. And then I think their top wide receivers out too. He's Is opted he? out. Yeah, Charlie Jones who had a really big year yeah. um, for them. So yeah, they deal with it too. So no excuses for this one. No excuses in this cheese it citrus bowl. It's <laughs> mano a mano. Whoever I think it's a it's a little bit of a product of the playoff system too and the fact that I mean it happened sparingly before them, but it wasn't very common. And now it's like it's kind of like the way they, they advertise it, where it's like, if you're not in the playoff, you're a loser. It doesn't oh, yeah. matter, like, if you're playing in the Rose Bowl or the Sugar Bowl, and especially not the cheese and Citrus Bowl, but, like, if you're not in those top four teams, like, your season is, like, down the drain. Uh, before, it's like, oh, we're excited to play. Like, I mean, LSU was played against Heisman Trophy winner Lamar Jackson and shut him down in the Citrus Bowl. Like, yeah. In this day and age, Lamar Jackson is not on that field, and the and Jamal Adams isn't on that field either. Jamal exactly. Adams is the one who shot him, shut him down. Yeah, you're in right, the pro- yeah. in the prior year, we played against Patrick Mahomes in the bowl. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Those, he those lit us up. Are, those <laughs> people are not taking the field now, and it's kind of has to do with the playoff, uh, which it dilutes the the allure of all this to a decent extent, which is kind of sad. Um, maybe with the expanded playoff, we'll see these top level prospects play a little bit more, but. Now it's like if you're not in the top four, you're a loser. If you're not in the top twelve, you're you're a loser. So probably it's even it's going to dilute even it even more. Uh, yeah, any bowl game outside of those uh, top six games now is just a really an afterthought. Um, so, but you know what's they're, they're trying to kind of I was going to say they're trying to preserve like the historic aspect of some of them in a way by like pushing them to the top. But these mid level bowls, which used to have some kind of cachet for teams that 
I mean, Middle Tennessee is not making the the Sugar Bowl, but they can take pride in what they are now. Uh, and now there's just a random game on a random day. So it's sad, but I guess that is college football how we get it these days. Yeah, you, I mean, you know what? I also think it has to do with with the with. I mean, it's a player. It's a player by player thing. I mean, like I agree the uh, the the system as far as like the way that we've built up the playoff and the in the 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 way that we talk about like oh if you're not in you're lose that you know that that kind of thing that you're talking about Daniels is there but look who, guess who's not opting out of a of a of a uh, a game that I think most of their fans would probably say is a failure of a season Will Anderson and Bryce Young who are undoubtedly the best player you know they'll probably go one and two whichever way you know it, it, who knows who knows how they uh who who knows what the draft order will be, but I mean, undoubtedly Bryce will be the number, the first quarterback taken in the draft. Undoubtedly uh, Will Anderson will be the first defensive player taken in the draft. Um, both of them are playing in the sugar bowl, which is not a playoff game. It, you know, you, you could easily say, well, it's a worthless game for them. Who cares? I mean, they're not, you know, they're not, it has nothing to do with it. it, it it's not going to do anything for them, but they're playing. So, I mean, I, I think there has to be, there, there's something about, the um, I, well, I texted a buddy of mine. I was like, "That's that's why Alabama is the, is the best, because like they they're recruiting that type of player." Yeah, and I'll they probably also see this as, you know, um, this is going to be my draft year, and what better way to showcase that against this lowly Kansas State team? I don't know. It's. But I mean, just, could you say the same thing for uh, BJ? Not, I, I'm not trying to not trying to you know diss BJ. But like, don't you think it's a little bit? It, it's the same situation for him. Yeah, or like I think BJ Ojolari has more to gain than Bryce Will Anderson. Yeah, like BJ is maybe like a second round pick. I don't know exactly where he's getting projected at this point, but or second, maybe third round pick. But yeah, if he has a monster game with two sacks and a forced fumble or whatever, then now he's late day one or something. Uh, meanwhile, like if Bryce Young, if he sits. He drops one or two spots. I mean, that's a lot like a lot of money, but it's not that big of a deal to him. Well, it I mean, might even be about, better if he's going to a better team. Think about Clowney. Remember, remember Clowney playing in the, uh, the Outback Bowl the against the Michigan. The, the iconic. Didn't they still show that? That was his most iconic moment he ever played in his entire football career. That made him a ton of money. Yeah, yeah, and, that, and that's something that you wouldn't see on that. You know, I don't think that him sitting out of that bowl game. I don't think he's has as, as great as well, uh, you know, good of a draft just because, uh, you know, I'm sorry, but like the, the attention, the eyeballs that you get from playing on a national stage, you know, against Michigan, like, you know, it, but again, we're talking about the Outback bowl. We're not talking about the sugar bowl. We're not talking about the Rose bowl. Theoretically, you would say that's a lowly, you know, who cares bowl, but that's an iconic moment that I think built his his uh you know his kind of image as a as a defensive player. Sure. No, you've definitely seen some guys come out in bowl games, and then like you see it in the next year, and like wow, that's that's what this guy. I remember seeing that uh, Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew against Texas A and M. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, actually, I think I remember him playing in a bowl game against UNC. I think. Uh, it was either the year before or the year after, but like, I think he still had the 14. Um, but yeah, it's just like, I think um, we already knew who Leonard Fournette was, but against Texas A&M, you're like, oh my God, this is what we've been waiting to see. And then that next year, I think is when he had his, 
is like Heisman push for like three quarters of the season, you know, until yeah, those last three 2015. Quarters. Yeah. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> so I, I did have a question for you guys, uh, being in how next week we'll probably talk about what, what happens this week, but also start to look forward and preview the, the bowl game against Purdue. So this week I thought, I don't know, I'd I just be curious because I don't know if I've ever asked you guys this before, um, but I was just wondering what your favorite LSU bowl memory might be, bowl game-wise, either in person or just in general. Uh, I, could give you, I could give you one of each. I would say probably favorite one in person would be my first one. LSU beat the tar out of Miami in the Peach Bowl. It was like 40 to 3. Miami was just so embarrassed. Fans left. It was nothing but LSU fans in this in the stadium by like the third quarter. Uh, I got uh, the tickets as gifts for Christmas. I was just so thrilled. And come to find out later, it's like Miami was so upset. They tried to pick a fight in the locker room. We kicked their ass there too. Um, <laughs> it was just a good drubbing. Uh, first one I got to see live. So that was my favorite live one. And far as far as like LSU in general bowl games – I don't know, man. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I guess I want to say maybe that playoff semifinal against Oklahoma where we just lit it up. You know, it was like we'd scored 40 something points by halftime. Uh, and it was just, it, it was just unbelievable what we were seeing. I was actually in the stadium. I just couldn't see the game because I was working, but uh, that's, I think that's probably like a, an amazing bowl game just to see, uh, you know, from a Tigers fan standpoint. Yeah. What about you? Um, favorite. I mean, I was at the Peach Bowl as well. Um, so that was that was a good one to be at. Um, I was the only I've only been to two LSU bowls. Went to the Peach Bowl and then I also went to the or I've been to two Peach Bowls at, with LSU. I went to oh. the Peach Bowl, um LSU versus Clemson in 2013. <sighs> Yeah. Which was, which I mean, like, I don't know if it's necessarily my favorite memory because I mean, that we lost, but that's a very important bowl as far as, uh, you know, for, for like the landscape of college football. Um, when you, t- when you think about, you know, that was, that was an LSU team um, after uh, that was an LSU team that, that would have had Tyra Matthew on the team. Um you know, that was oh, yeah. Eric Reed's last year as a, he was a junior. That was Sam Montgomery. That was Marquis Domingo. So that was the rest of that team that played in the, in the, uh, 2012, um, national championship and lost. Uh, that's the rest of that team playing. And, uh, I mean, and, and you know, they, they were kind of, they were expected to be, you know, somewhat dominant beat beat Clemson pretty easily. I remember going in there thinking, yeah, we'll win and whatever. But then that was like Clemson's really first big step to to into big boy football, pretty much. You know, like mm-hmm. that was them. It was Taj Boyd and a young Sammy Watkins um playing. Uh I think wasn't Andre Ellington the, the running back, I think, at that point too. Anyways, um they beat us in overtime. Um, and then Dabo, who was who was an unproven coach at that point, people didn't really know about this guy. You know, eventually LSU would would continue to decline, and Clemson would would go on and and rise up and get uh, what's his name, um, Deshaun Watson. You know, that, that was you know went from Taj Boyd to Deshaun Watson, and Deshaun Watson as a freshman, I think, with Sammy Watkins and some other uh, you know, and and uh, 
you know, some other weapons around him go on and win the national championship. First Clemson national championship since that, since like, gosh, the eighties, something like that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, that was one I was at. I think that's a, that's a, you know, kind of a cool one to, to be at when you look back at, you know, the past 10, 15 years of college football and how Clemson is now a mainstay. Then I would say, I think, I think a favorite bowl memory of me, of mine, just watching it, um, I liked that that PlayStation Bowl with the with against UCF. That was a that's great. That's where I was going. Yeah, yeah. Well, you take it, Daniel. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, UCF uh, is technically 2019 because it was on New Year's Day. Uh, oh, waking yeah. up and and watching LSU, and we had I think it was six or seven defensive starters out. But then you look at the box score and you're like, who are our stars? Because all the players who were in the box score were our stars from the next year in the national who, championship. Who was it that played cornerback? I, was, I think I was, was thinking a, about this, he was a wide receiver. I was going to say, I thought Terrace Marshall might've played cornerback for like a few snaps, but that could be wrong. Um, it was, but I know yeah, what you're talking about. We did put a wide receiver switching over to play quarterback. But yeah, the defense is pretty decimated. Joe Burrow gets licked on a blindside block in the first quarter i believe long hair joe burrow so they say that's down the hit that, that made joe burrow uh because we were down to ucf early against this was the undefeated reigning national champions and who still hadn't lost in two years and then joe burrows said all right it's time to lock in and then he uh we, we kind of stormed back and, and took the game it was close till the end though so you kind of gave a little props to ucf it was an exciting game and it set the stage for uh, an even better season next year obviously but it showcased the talent that we did have in the resolve and yeah like you mentioned tommy it was possibly what molded joe and the team into what they were to win the national championship so uh overlooked in a lot of ways in, in lsu history but very important i think um we, another one i mentioned it earlier was just shutting down lamar jackson in the citrus bowl uh jamal adams like lit him up yep and yeah i guess the heisman trophy winner and that was kind of the pinnacle of like Less miles or was it was oh there at that point i don't remember uh but that was kind of that kind of end of the defensive era i would say of lsu football mm -hmm. yeah oh uh really quickly on that fiesta bowl it was uh it was well it was, well i don't know we had terrence did you say terrence alexander is that what you said or did you say terrence marshall terrence alexander was a he was a yeah. yeah, that's right. He was he was well, he was ejected from the game, but um, I, was it was it Manny Netherly? No, we, there were like it was like a we had a a like a not as maybe not a starter, but like a mainstay wide receiver or skill position offensive player who was like, yeah, I've been like doing reps at at quarterback because we're so depleted. It was like Racy, it was racing math. He's that's in the was. box score with one tackle. I'm not sure if it was on an actual tackle or on an interception, but he's in there. I think that was it. I think yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah well, we were out our we were out of cornerbacks. Uh I think it was Manny Netherly. And then I think Grant Delpit was ejected early in the game for targeting. Uh so that like what we thought we had to start the game, we were even worse after the game started. Um, but yeah, I was, that was, I, yeah, that's, I, I would put that one in, in the, uh, in the top five, just cause remember they scored two, two, they had two scores right off the bat. And we're like, we're not about to lose to UCF, are we? Please tell mm, me yeah, not. Cause these that. guys, this was fresh off of their national championship season. Like the whole country was like, LSU, please beat it. this guy. Yeah. And like, we got it. We got it. Thank you. And um, we did. So 
There you go. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so that's interesting. Hopefully, hopefully this year we can add to to some more. I don't know. It's like you love the uh, the nail butter games when you come out on top, of course. But um, yeah, um, it was actually interesting that speaking of opting out, I think Greedy Williams like decided not to play in that one in the Fiesta Bowl, uh, which is one of the reasons why we were down down some cornerbacks. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I think we'll be. Calvin Joseph got suspended. Yeah, yeah. So both of our starting quarterback uh, cornerbacks were were gone, and then of course, and of course, Calvin Joseph transfers to Kentucky. What six months later, and misses out on a national championship win. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, sorry. Oh man, that's that's all I had. Yeah, I think that's I think that's it. Okay, good recap. Good recap. All right, we'll leave it there uh, for you folks. Uh, it's going to be a good weekend. Hope everyone uh, is ready for Christmas, man. It's about to be cold. We're going to have to do some last-minute freezing shopping. But um, hopefully uh, hopefully everyone's going to be nice and safe and warm on Christmas Day this weekend. Got some, some games to watch anyway. Uh, but either way, we'll have it for you on the other side. Uh, of Christmas for this next talk and takes before we face off against Purdue in the citrus bowl. So until then stay safe, stay tuned, have a Merry Christmas, happy holidays and all that. And we'll talk to you next time on talking takes.